So welcome to episode nine of the Auto Disruptor Audio Experience. I'm your host, Josh Mitchell, and today I have a special guest. I've actually been on his podcast. I think we've been on three times. Is that right? I think so. Three times, but this is Colin Thomas, uh, owner of Redline BDC Training and also the Modern Dealer Business Development Podcast. Welcome. Um, I appreciate you taking your time out of on July 4th to uh, spend this time with me today. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. When you asked me, I, uh, I jumped right out of the gym and hopped in my car so that I could be on the podcast with you, man. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't like planning sometimes. I just go on the fly. <laughs> when something comes in my head, I just kind of go with it. Um, so I appreciate you being able to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about business development centers a lot. And, you know, I have always, um, I had a moment of genius one time. And I said, um, my favorite excuse was that we always done, have done it this way. And so you've always sucked. And so this is kind of a play on that because I've heard the excuse, uh, well, that's the car business. And so we use that excuse for so many different things um, from one of the big ones that kind of ticked me off here recently. And, and I don't mention names, obviously, because but they were talking about women in the car business and women owners and some different things and how there wasn't very many and and they were just like, well, it's the car business, so it's a tougher business. And I was like, that's the lamest excuse on why you treat people like shit. And so um, what's your take? I mean, obviously, you've been in the automotive space. You've been burnt by the automotive space before. <laughs> we all have. Um, yeah. Dealers make, you know, wonderful promises and then get you in the door and then flip on you the moment that you walk in. Um, so what's your take? Like it's the car business. Is that like the biggest excuse that you can think of that we have, have made to make ourselves think that it's not worth changing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I've worked for a total of four dealers mm -hmm. all around the country and all but one of them I really, um, you know, enjoyed working for. Um, it's, it's tough out there. You and I are both, you know, I, I mean, in my personal opinion, I, I suppose I'm biased, but I think of myself as the one percent. I, I am. I'm biased, but I, I think of myself as a one percent. Um, you know, I definitely think of you as the one percent. You're a thought leader. You know, um, you have things to say about BDC. You get how it impacts the ultimate customer experience and ultimately profitability. Um, and so that's a rare breed. And so you get to a point where you're really passionate, and you, you've got a, you've got a be working for the right dealer. I mean, you really do if, if you're going to work in-house for a dealership to mm -hmm. that'll allow you to, to really do what you do to shine to like, I mean, to be a part of the victory. Yeah. Um, and that's huge. You know, I just had an opportunity. I got flown out to the East coast last week to meet with a younger progressive dealer that um, is interested in, you know, bringing on a business development director and, um, from everything I, I, my takeaways is it was a 1% dealer. This was mm -hmm. a guy that, that understands what a business development director can actually impact in an organization. And that's the 1%. So I didn't mean to go off on a rant, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, we talked about this before we, we started recording, but, um, the dealers that treat it like a business versus a car dealership. And I think a yep. lot of, of, of owners and, and some GMs out there today, 
um, do not treat this like a business and they treat this more like a car dealership and it's the car business and they use that. It's the car business. And yep. I think for me, the biggest things that I've seen in, in my, I'm going on eight years, nine years, eight years, I think. Yeah. Eight years, you know, eight <laughs> years, 10 years, whatever it is now. In the car yeah. business. And it's the excuses of, well, when you're looking at hiring people, when you mm -hmm. are, you know, the high turnover rate, well, that's the car business. Uh, the, the hours that you work, well, that's the car business. The reason why we don't have, you know, a lot of females inside of the car business be is because it's the car business and it's a tough right. world. Right. And I think that the biggest things that you've seen in a lot of dealerships that are starting to be more progressive, you have, you know, women starting to really dive in deep into the car business. And you've got a lot of women that are becoming owners of dealerships. And I think that's when you're going to start to see a lot more dealerships become progressive is that, in my opinion, we need more and more females inside of the car business. I know it's two guys right now talking about, we need to get more females in the car business. And <laughs> I know that sounds I, you know, I get that. But the fact is, is that we do need more females in this, in this business because uh, they, they do think differently sometimes. And they do have a, a business mind that I think is going to be more progressive going forward on how this business should be ran. And so the biggest one that, that kills me is turnover. And they use this, it's the car business excuse because it's, it's a tough business on why the turnover is so bad. And what's yep. your take on that? Why do you think that turnover is so bad in the car business right now today? Well, I mean, it goes back to the, the subject of the, of the show, I suppose. We, you know, um, a lot of these dealer principals, I think, some of the operating partners maybe that are, you know, still running stores right now um, are used to that 60 to 70 plus hour a week mentality. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, your BDC reps work what 40 hours a week, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and typically, I mean, if it's a real BDC rep in a BDC department, typically they're either part-time or they're full-time, but typically they don't work more than 40 hours a week. And unfortunately, even that can sometimes create some conflict in, in like the modern dealership because um, the sales floor, you know, sometimes they're expected to, to work 60, 70, you know, plus hours a week sometimes. And it, it's, you know, it's like, well, sometimes I hear, you know, well, why, why, why do they only, you know, why do they only have to work 40 hours a week? Well, Really, that's not the problem. The problem is why haven't they adopted the mentality that smarter is, is, is better than harder? You know, it's been scientifically proven um, outside of the automotive industry that working people over, what is it? I don't know, some number like 48 hours a week is actually counterproductive, but mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't pay attention to that stuff um, because we've always <laughs> done it that way. And so we keep hiring, you know, sales floors and, and we burn them out and um, I mean, I, you know, that's just old school mentality to me. Yeah. And I think the biggest, you know, part of it is the hours that we've expected these people to work and, and understand, you know, me and you, um, are both workaholics and we'll burn ourselves if we don't, if right. we're not careful, we have to force yeah. ourselves outside. I just took a vacation, first vacation I've had in 12 months. Um, wow. 
So where'd you go? Uh, went to the Outer Banks. It was beautiful. Okay. But I have to force myself to get out. And and it, you know, being on this vacation was more relaxing than anything um, because I actually let myself decompress and relax and really thought about my career and where I'm going and some different things. So I really let myself relax and, and doing so I told myself I needed to take more of this time because um, you can get crispy real quick working 65, 70 hours a week. And then my side hustle stuff with podcasts and video and those types of things will start to get to you. And you know, cause you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you do a podcast and do video and work and this? And it's like, well, I'm on a lot of the time. And so right. there's no stopping. And that's the things that I have decided to obviously do, um, on my own accord, but, um, it's one of those things that you have to take time. And I think with, with dealerships, um, this mentality of bell to bell, uh, when somebody fucks up on the floor, this is the biggest one that ticked me off. Um, is that if someone messes up, if they don't take their trade back or whatever the case may be, they put them on bell to bell, and they think that's the punishment that they're going to get them. Right? And no, you're just you're just creating an issue. And I've always asked. Okay, I've always been the manager that said, I'm not going to do to someone what I wouldn't really be willing to do to myself. And so I've always asked managers before and I'm like, okay, you put them on bell to bell. So what if you mess up? Are you gonna put yourself on bell to bell? Right. Right. Like, let's be honest. If if you're going to uh, do that and you're going to be that way. And I know that's what your manager did and his manager did and the manager before him did because that's the car business, right? That, that, that's the type of level. That's why when you're looking for, and I hate this freaking word so much, when you're looking for the millennials, right. And you're wanting to get them into the car business. The problem with it is, is that we as, and how old are you? I'm 38, 38. So you're right outside of millennial, but I'm technically on the tail end of it. Um, the problem with, you know, having all of these demands and this whole different world of the car business and, and the reasons why we don't get a lot of millennials into this business yet is because they have understood that they're not going to do what their dad and their granddad and everybody else did. And they don't have to do this anymore. Like the, the, the business has changed in, in, in careers. And so you don't have to go through all the BS um, to find a good career. And until we eliminate some of the BS, we're not going to get people like that into the business. Now I'm, I'm a, you know, a good example of people that, um, I got out of the mortgage business and came to the car business. And so now I'm stuck in the car business and probably will be for the rest of my life. Um, but I'm okay with that. I love the, I love the business. Um, but the business development center, that creation of that department and the way that it flowed opened that avenue for me because if it was the you know, the grinding uh, BS that, that has always been the car business, then I probably wouldn't be sure. in business still. Yeah. And so I think if you're looking at this, this whole thing of changing how we do things, we literally have to change almost everything. <laughs> yep. And, You're right. 
it, it is. It's, it's, you know, when you're looking at hours, like how many, how many hours do you typically work? How many hours did you typically work as, as a BDC manager? 60 plus. 60 plus. Yeah. And, and okay. I get that. I'm okay with doing that. You're okay with doing that, but is everybody okay with doing that? Fact is, is no. I mean, most people aren't. I mean, most you know, and 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 what you just talked about earlier, the whole you know idea of a dealer or a sales manager, or manager, whatever, saying uh, you messed up. Now you work a bill to bill. That's that's indicative of a, of, a, of a a store that just doesn't value their 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 team and and their team's um, family time. Yeah, and that's huge. That's huge to me. It's it's and it's huge for most people. Well, yeah, you, know, if you can't. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of dealerships that claim to be the family business yep. family oriented, which is yep. all a bunch of bullshit. It's all a bunch of bullshit. Yes. It's family oriented. If you are considering your colleagues family, <laughs> then yes, you're going to spend a lot of time with these people. But when yep. it comes down to take a vacation or day off or whatever the case may be, um kid has soccer you want to go see your kid play soccer because you haven't seen one game right the entire season then they kind of shy away from that and kind of you know they need you there for whatever reason right. um to do the job and i get part of that i get it i'm not i'm not you know some you know socialist that thinks that things should just be the way that they are but the thing is is that if you're going to really be different then you have to be different in this business now. Um, and I think a lot of dealerships right now put on the show that they're different. But the reality is, is that when you get down and you dig deep inside of it, it's just like every one of them. It's just, oh, yeah. you know, and I think that's the biggest problem when you're looking at, at like for you right now, looking for a new home to, to get back into the business. Um, it makes it tough because they're going to put on a show. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the avenues that needs to change the recruiting, the way that we um, hire, the way that we are, are grooming our people has to change. And I think that's the biggest disconnect right now in our business is that, yeah, there are a few one percenters of the dealerships that are out there that are doing this. Well, that's a few. And right. So what what's your take on on everything that's going on right now in the car business and and what do you think how how do you think we can fix this you know i guess one day i'll own a dealership and i'll just fix it in my own way um but that's going to be a little bit a few years i got to make some money i just got to make right. some money before i can do that what's your take on everything my take on everything boy you know so i was just um talking to a dealer last week and and he made a comment about somebody, and I, you know, I've heard this before. Um, well, if this guy, and he was talking about somebody else, but he said, if, if he, he, I, don't, I don't even remember who he was talking about. He was talking about a, a management, a member of management at another store that he was thinking about recruiting. And he said something like, well, if he was that great, uh, a dealer would have already snatched him up. And I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, it, um, I, I wondered if, if the guy was thinking that about me, because this is the dealer that flew me out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm out here. We're out here. The one percenters are out there. It's just most of the dealers that are out there, 
they wouldn't know what to do with us. And you and I, I think both know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we wouldn't be able to, to make the impact. But, um, yeah, when he said, I just got a kick out of that when he said, you know, um, well, if, you know, if this guy is such a great uh, manager, why hasn't somebody snatched him up off the market? Well, you know, when, when we've always done things the same way, we tend to hire managers that um, have done things the same way. Yep. And, you know. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is that we seem to hire the same people over and over, just maybe a different name. Yep. And sometimes we just hire the same people over and over. We just fire them, and then three years later, they come back. Um, yep. And I think it's the biggest issues that we're looking at when you're looking at management, especially with the older school mentality, is that we're not grooming within. And I think that's the biggest thing. One thing that I can say hands down that Dan Cummins Chevrolet did better than anyone that I've ever seen is that they groomed within. And when you groom with them, um, you have you have managers who have started as, you know, that's how I started. Uh, they started as a salesperson and they move up the ranks. And so the culture within is embedded into them. Mm-hmm. So when you move them into a management role, yeah, they have their own style. Yeah, they have their own things that they want to do and accomplish. And they want to change a few things. And they want to grow their own team. But the culture is already within them. And I think a lot of times we go and recruit other managers from other stores that have their own way of doing things that probably isn't what you want as, as a dealer. And you don't really dive in when you're, when you're interviewing these people to really find out what makes them tick and what yep. makes them a step above the rest. And so, I think that's one thing that I've seen that, that you just, if you keep hiring the same people, you're going to have the same results. If you keep doing the same shit over and over, that's insanity. Yep. If you expect different results. It's insanity. And I think a lot of dealerships out there right now are just overall insane because they just keep doing the same old shit and they think that they're going to get better. And then they bitch and whine about other people, the movers and shakers in the business who have figured something out that really isn't rocket science. It's not rocket science to sell a bunch of cars. It really isn't. And I think a lot of dealerships don't understand that you can steal someone else's model. You can, but if you don't have the people in place, if you, if you don't have the right culture in place, it doesn't matter what you do. And I think that's the biggest thing that we have going right now is that, the culture shift has to change. It has to, we have to have a, a huge shift in the culture in this business because the, the mindset of it's the car business is not going to work going forward. And I've, I've heard it too many times that the business is going to change more in five years than it did in 30. And, you know, we're seeing that right now with a lot of different things, but I think um, it's going to have to, there's going to have to be a fundamental shift in this business. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and the ones that don't adapt, I mean, eventually, eventually they're not going to be around. I mean, it, it, it's the dealers that, that are looking out and are paying attention to their customer touch points, their customer interactions. 
they're paying attention to their response times, their follow-up, you know, the things that they're actually saying, all the things you talked about, the morale, the culture, um, you know, work-life balance. I hear, you know, some videos say, you know, well, what's work-life balance? You know, I brag about working 80 hours a week. I don't know about you, but um, that, that's not, you know, I'm looking to make a, a massive impact with an organization um, and, and I need to be recognized um, for that and supported. Um, and, and my people need to be supported along the way. And you've said yourself a lot of times, you know, those of us in BDC, um, we have to kind of just like, um, you know, struggle just to, for existence, you know, um, <laughs> it's a fight. It's a yeah. fight. And, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we come in peace. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think it's a, it's a huge thing is that with the culture shift and, and the, the work-life balance, you hit it right on, on the, hit, the nail on the head is because when you look at work-life balance, you know, it, it's a huge, you know, um, I'm about to read uh, the, what is it, Adriana Huffington's book uh, about sleep, where she okay. ended up, uh, I mean, she was almost, I mean, exhaustion. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that book. But, um, you know, there is such a thing as, in reality, there is such a thing as work-life balance. And the biggest thing is it's different for every person. And I think we all try to figure out what the balance is. And, and I'm sure there's scientific studies and everybody's doing every type of study to figure out what's the perfect work-life balance. And I think it's different for everybody. Uh, for me, it's different than it is for you. For me, I mean, there's a lot of people that work 40 hours a week that work eight to five Monday through Friday that have kids that don't spend time with their kids. Just the nature of the beast. And yep. so, you know, but that's what they choose. And then there's people like me that may work 55, 60 hours a week, but when I'm with my wife and kids, I'm with my wife and kids. And sure. so I think it's, I think work-life balance is something that you have to come up with your own. I don't think there is a, um, you know, what, what works for me and my wife and kids works for me and my wife and kids. And for you, it's a whole different ball game. And yep. so I think with every individual, I think you have to look at it as different individuals are going to want to work different ways. I mean, I had BDC reps and wanted to work 60 hours a week. I had some that only wanted to work 40 hours a week and I allowed them to do that. I have a BDC rep right now that likes to take a vacation more often than I'm not really going to say that, but he takes vacation time and mm -hmm. I don't have any issues with it because when he's here, he's here and he does right. his job and he does a, a phenomenal job at it. And so it allows him to have that balance of, of his life and his work and right. so that works. And for other people, it doesn't. Um, and so I think you have to really dive in deep. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for anybody listening to this is that, if you make a list of everything that you've, you've made the, uh, the excuse of, well, that's the car business. I want you to write down every single thing that you've made that excuse of, well, that's the car business. And now I want you to look at that list and start working on the things that you know that you can fix very quickly. Because I think that's the only way that we're going to see a shift is that if people actually write it down, and put a plan in place to fix it. Because I think the biggest thing that we just sit here and, and just chill and think that 
everything's going to change on its own. Fact is, is it's not. We all as individuals have to change it. It's not going to be just one person uh, inside a dealership. It is a 100% the whole package. Every manager, every salesperson, uh, from the back office to the receptionist, everybody has to be on the same page and for anything to work in this business today. And I think a lot of times we just make the excuse because it's hard work. I think it's really hard work because you have to start managing people. You have to start leading people and it's extremely hard work. Yep. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that, I think that's the biggest takeaway for you. I think for anybody who's listening, this is what you really need to do is you need to write down those things that you've made those excuses. And I think you really need to dive deep um, and finding out your, your whole mission statement as a dealership and, and you need to get people in there in, in a meeting and say, all right, what do you think? What's, what's our, why, why are we here? And what is our actual mission statement? And you have to get a good mix of people before you can realize what, what you're doing there, why you're doing it and how to make it better. Because I think a lot of times we just, you know, you can send a survey out to all your employees mm-hmm. and they're going to fill it out and they'll bash you and you can find out that people think that you suck. But what is that going to do? What are you going to do to fix it? And I think that's the biggest thing is that you have to get your executives, you have to get your salespeople, you have to get your receptionists, you have to get back office people in a room and lock the door and try to understand why you're doing what you're doing and how you can make it better for everyone. Down to the porters, absolutely. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the only way that you're going to fix it. Um, so we have um, Dominic. I think I, I think you shared it today. Dominic's going to be jumping on the podcast thing. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. And you're on you're on uh, that you're on kind of level two podcasting now. You're on a new platform. <laughs> yeah, I'm level twoing it up. You know, one day <laughs> one day I'm going to be famous. Somebody's going to make me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've leveled two it up and obviously yeah. you're still doing your podcast. Um, and so for those that don't know you fill them in on what you've been doing and, and how they can reach you and everything else. Yeah. I, so I've been a uh, BDC rep director, uh, myself. Um, and, uh, I currently do uh, consulting with dealers. Um, really, um, still looking for that right home to settle down with, um, as far as an in dealership, uh, you know, director level position. My phone number is 708-733-5463, or you can reach out to me uh, through uh, through LinkedIn. Awesome. Appreciate everyone listening. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having me, Josh. Thanks. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you jumping on here in your car uh, yeah. while I'm in the luxury uh, office space here. No. Um, I appreciate you jumping in on this and being a part of this. And obviously I'm going to jump in and be on yours here soon again too. Um, but uh, we appreciate you being on the show and uh, all your feedback. Thank you so Thanks, much. Guys. Thank you. All right.
right? Oh yeah. 